This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road. I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left-handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses. A loophole. Um, so, <laughs> I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries. Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand. Obviously from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right, and center. And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. Hey there, it's Nick. And it's Leah. So we're doing another live show. Where you raised by wolves live. And this time we're going to be on the West Coast. Portland, Oregon, babies. So come see us on June 15th. And we're going to be at the Siren Theater. And the show starts at 7.30. So go to our website, whereyourraisedbywolves.com slash live and get some tickets. Join us. everybody. It's Nick Layton. And I'm Leah Bonham. And we're in New York today. And we had so many great questions from you guys in the wilderness. Oh, amazing. That we have a bonus episode. So our first question is, quote, my husband is the best at holding the door open for others, always making sure to be polite. It drives us both crazy when others simply let the door slam in your face. Our question is, what is the appropriate time or distance to wait when holding the door? Sometimes people seem too far away when it almost becomes awkward to hold the door, but we don't want to be rude either. What is the proper distance? Well, I love that they're door holders. Uh, you know, it's nice when people are polite. I'm also a door holder. Are you? Yeah. I see that in you. I just love to hold a door for people. So what is the right distance? How do we how do we navigate this? I'd say it'd be like a person and a half a if they were the lying down. Okay. So the average height of a man or woman, human. <laughs> So I have been researching this since we got this question. So I have been observing doors of New York City and seeing how long people are holding doors for, where it gets awkward. Most people are not holding doors, people. Oh, come on. I'm seeing a lot of not door holding happening. But when it is happening, it feels like four steps. Four steps feels like the right cadence. Because if it's any more, then now you're kind of making the person rush. Right. So it's... Oh, let me hold that door open. Oh, thank you. Step, 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 step. Now I'm at the door. That seems... That feels right. I really love your methods. When it's five steps, it feels a little far. So it's like, oh, let me hold that open for you. Thank you. Step, 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 step. Yes, I often... Just feels a little... Yeah. Just a... I'll hold for way back and then I feel like they have to run. Yeah. But I want to be like, you don't have to run. Yeah. But it's that I've, ign- I've seen them. Well, so once you make eye contact... Now you're in it. Yeah. doesn't matter how far they are. So I try to hold the door and look like I'm casual. There's no rush here. Oh, okay. I try to have a comfortable walk to the door. No rush. I'm, I have I'm nowhere to be. It. It's totally mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Because I don't want them to have to rush. Yeah. But making eye contact with somebody who's 50 feet away. It's done. You're, you're, in you're it. standing there. Yeah. Just stick around now. It's done. So I think uh, about 10 feet, four steps. That feels right. Yeah, I like that. Also, if anybody is like behind you and they're holding a bunch of things. Oh, yes. If they are carrying packages. Pushing a stroller. uh, If they're in a wheelchair, crutches, walker. 
Or if it feels like just holding the door might be an extra nice gesture. Yeah, just stand. Just yeah. hold the door. Use your best judgment on that. And looking up this online, somebody did say that if you can see them in the reflection of the glass, assuming there's glass, then you should definitely hold it. Yep. If you can't see them or if you can't hear their footsteps, then I think maybe they're far enough away where like you can just enter. But other than that, I think it's nice to hold the door. If it were like in walking, you know, if it's a bunch of people walking and you can't quite hold the door for the person, they're too far back and you haven't looked back. I'll always sort of make sure to kind of keep the door open as I'm, you know what I mean? Some people actually, it seems like they're actually shutting the door. (laughs) Have you noticed this? Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to, if you're not holding it, don't. Aggressively. Make sure, don't aggressively try to be like, I'm, I'm cutting off the access point. Although you're referring to sort of like the shove of the door. So I'm like shoving the door open and then hoping you're going to catch it. I find that actually is a little awkward because I'm not going to catch that door. And you've made this sort of weird gesture <laughs> that you want to like toss the door my way. Like, oh, it's on you now. But that's not actually helpful. Well, the fact is, is that I stand in the door and I hold it. Yeah, this if never happens for you. Yeah, I'm in eyesight. If I can see you, I'm holding it. Okay. <laughs> Our next question is, is it rude to like your own posts on social media? Hmm. Is it rude? I don't think it's rude. Yeah, I don't know if that's an etiquette thing. I think there's this, and I think this is newer, where people are being like, I love me. Well, I feel like that's been going on for a while. I know, but no, but I mean like being like, this is a cool, I love that, that I said that. And like, it's the new thing to be like, yes, cool about me. And um, I don't think that's rude or not rude. I think it's just sort of your personality. Yeah, whatever style it is. I mean, I guess the real world analog to this would be toasting yourself. Like, let's raise a glass to me and I'm great. And cheers everybody for me. I mean, I guess that's sort of the equivalent. And we all agree that we don't want to do that. No, but if you're home alone and you want to be like, good job, I'm proud of myself. And you want to- You want to like that Instagram post? You want to cheers yourself uh-huh. or do a cheers to yourself? <laughs> sure, whatever. Um, that seems that seems like it would be the equivalent if you were toasting oh. yourself home alone. Well, but I mean, social media, you are in front of an audience of some sort. I don't, I don't notice if people like their own posts. I don't notice it at all. It does not hit my radar. You know, I don't think that- I'm not a person who likes her own posts because I sort of am raised with the idea that you're not allowed to be like, go me. But I would like to be a person who likes their own posts. Okay. So we're working on that. Yeah. So you know what you're going to do today? You're going to like your own post. I don't think I'm going to. I think we're going to, we're going to do that. I, I really can't. I feel like we can. We can just double tap the photo and it's going to make a little heart. And then somebody will see it and I'll have to be like, I did that by mistake. Um, <laughs> that seems weird to like my own post, but I don't have a problem when other people do it. Yeah. I think if you want to do it, you have permission. Yeah, I think whatever this letter writer, if you want to like your own post and you feel like it's rude, I think it's not rude. Do it. Do whatever you want to do because you're not affecting other people. Whatever makes you feel good. Yeah. Live your truth. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Acorn TV, which has the best of British, Canadian, New Zealand, like all sorts of great television. And they have tons of different kinds of shows. Oh yeah, all sorts of genres. (laughs) I'm just severely focused on crime, mystery, murder. That's really my sweet spot. And so obviously the Broken Wood (laughs) Mysteries from New Zealand, this is up your alley. Very up my alley because it combines my love of murder mysteries and my love of New Zealand, which was born from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, no, anything said in a seemingly quiet country town where something goes wrong. Yeah, I mean, this is up your alley. Also, they have a big city detective moved to said small town, having to work with the local police and they have a a different way of doing things that everybody finds to be a bit (laughs) jarring 
So up my alley. So check that out and use promo code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. And now it's time for Intermezzo. Intermezzo. So this episode is brought to you by Book of the Month. I am loving getting to pick my Books of the Months. Is that the appropriate way to pluralize it? I'm loving getting my Books of the Month, but for multiple months now. So Books of the Months. Yeah. Oh, it's so easy to order. It's super convenient. Their selection is wonderful. And this month I picked The Ministry of Time, which sounds wild. It is about a civil servant who's helping to manage some government program where time travelers from other eras like come to help with something. And then they apparently fall in love. What? So like this guy from the 1800s is like, what's Spotify? And then like, you know, love happens. So I cannot wait to receive this. <laughs> you know, love happens. And you out there, you're going <laughs> to love Book of the Month. So you can get your first book for just $5 with code PEDALS. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS to get your first book for just $5. So our next question is about salad. Quote, my daughter and I were having lunch with my dad at the Blue Bayou restaurant at Disneyland, and I ordered a luscious salad. And when it came, there was an unmanageable strip of arugula when I lifted it with my fork, which might have been in poor taste, but it's very dark in there. It was a full 12 inches. And while I know one is never supposed to cut a salad, this was a very springy salad in a square bowl, and I would have looked like the Loch Ness Monster trying to get that bite down. I tried it with my fork, but there was too much spring, so I ended up cutting it. I'm dying to hear what you think. Leah, what do you think? What I think up, up top is that I love our letter writers. <laughs> yes. The way that she writes. A picture has been painted yes, here. Yes, and it's terrific. Yes. Loch Ness Monster, thank you. Wonderful. So I looked up the salad, and so I believe she's referring to the golden beet salad. I love this about you. <laughs> what? That you look you looked up the salad. Oh, Disney yeah. No, Man. I went to the Blue Bayou menu, and I was like, okay, what are the arugula salads on the menu? This is fantastic. And so this contains arugula, goat cheese, sherry vin, strawberries, pickled red onions, and pistachio. <gasps> I love pickled bread and onions. This actually sounds like a nice salad. And it's $12, which for me sounds very inexpensive. It's because we live in New York. Is that what it is? We've been ruined. We are ruined. Yeah. For me, a $12 salad actually felt like a bit of a bargain at Disneyland. Because I think Disneyland is expensive. Disneyland is probably like being in New York. Is that what it is? It's sort of like, that's the currency exchange. <laughs> yeah, we might as well live in Disneyland. I mean, I'm not mad at that. I idea. would also like to live on Ride of the Resistance. I hear amazing things. So the first thing that caught my ear about this question was the phrase... I know one is never supposed to cut a salad. Not true. It's not true. It's not a thing. And so I went back to the archive and I found this great quote from Emily Post, quote, all the rules of table manners are made to avoid ugliness. To let anyone see what you have in your mouth is repulsive. To make a noise is to suggest an animal. To make a mess is disgusting. On the other hand, there are a number of trifling decrees of etiquette that are merely finical, unreasonable, and silly. Why one should not cut one's salad in small pieces if one wants to makes little sense, unless one wants to cut up a whole plateful and make the plate messy. Until stainless steel was invented, a steel knife was not permitted for salad or fruit because it turns black. But silver-plated knives have always been used for salads, as well as for fruits, in best-appointed houses." So even back in 1922, 
when Emily Post was writing this. Even in the best appointed houses, they were cutting salads. Right. So cut that salad. That's what I wrote in capital letters. Cut that salad. Cut that salad. So it's not a thing that you're not allowed to cut salad if you're using stainless steel, which chances are you are. So go for it. Go for it. But there are a lot of etiquette rules that are like not rules or maybe were rules 150 years ago, which are no longer applicable. Uh, to use Emily Post's words, mm-hmm. like an animal, disgusting, uh-huh. you know, the things that I clearly... Uh-huh. It resonates for you. It uh, resonates, you know, I'm more in That's that... That's the uh, don't do part. Uh, no, I just know, but I just, I want you to know that I'm in that house. <laughs> I, I'm not going to make a noise. Come on uh-huh. now. But it would be harder to, if what we're worried about is coming across as undignified. Correct which I don't need silverware to people to know that I'm undignified. I think trying to get all of the arugula into your mouth in one go. Challenging. It's going to be much more challenging. Just just a quick little cut. Now, there are other places in the world, uh, France in particular, where they don't really cut salad. And if you did have an unwieldy piece of lettuce, what you would do is you would take your fork and you probably do have a knife available and you would use the knife as sort of a tool to create a little origami packet of salad. So you're not cutting it, but you're folding the lettuce into like a little square and then you pop the packet into your mouth. That's how you would sort of address large lettuce in France. <laughs> but You uh, would address large lettuce. The other option is to pick it up with your fingers and go, mm-hmm. is this a boat? Uh-huh. And then fill it up with other boat items sure. on the table uh-huh. and then just eat it like it's finger food. Uh-huh. You're welcome to do that if you're so inclined. <laughs> it is Disneyland. Oh, we're back to Disneyland. And they we're want us France. to have fun. I see. I mean, in Disneyland, I think... Um, Obviously, don't listen to that advice. I'm just saying that I may or may have not done that once. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's a wild ride. (laughs) Our next question is... That's a small world reference. Isn't that a Mr. Toad's reference? That's a Mr. Toad's reference. Okay. So, who knows more about Disneyland? You do. Our next question is, angry office worker. Oh, that's how I titled it. (laughs) (laughs) Quote... I think our person is probably not angry, but... No, they're really tired of people treating their... Okay, well, let's tell the people what the question is. (laughs) Our question is, quote, I have worked at the same job as a receptionist at a busy medical office for almost 20 years. I cannot get many of the staff of about 40 people to respect my personal space. Staff members come up to my desk and start opening drawers, looking for a pen or whatever. I'd never go into their desk drawers. So I took everything out and filled it with personal feminine items. That stopped it for a while, but it starts up again after a few months. In addition to that, I have staff members coming up to ask a question or put a clipboard down too close to me. I think if you're standing on my plastic mat under my chair, you are too close. I've had to start telling staff you're not allowed to step on my mat. Sometimes I loudly say, bubble, you're in my bubble. My daughter says, mom, now they think you're the crazy lady at work. What say you? Is this just my issue? Please do tell. Leah, is this just her issue? No. I no. think that people are treating her desk like public space. Yeah, that's Because happening. they're um, misconstruing reception area, mm-hmm. which it is not. No, no. And the trick is finding a way to establish that boundary. So how do you feel about the unmentionables in the drawers? I think that's hilarious. Yeah, it's fun, but... Uh... I mean, I don't think it's going to work in the long run. It clearly isn't. So an option could be, can you set up some kind of a desk? You know, some desks have that arm that comes out. So you can sort of, they would, 
they actually can't physically get in from the side. Okay, so we want to create a barrier. Is there some way to create a barrier? Blockade. Perhaps a large plant? Oh, okay. Shrubbery. You know what I mean? So it's sort of- Hedgerow. Yeah, and then people have to ask you, and then they'll sort of start understanding this is the process of which we get things. We ask. Mm. Instead of stepping in and taking. Okay. I mean, I guess the broader- Therapy response would be, you have to teach people how you want to be treated. Yes. So we need to teach people how to interact with you in a respectful manner at the office. It seems, though, that she's tried. I like the idea of a barrier. I guess a stanchion of some sort or like a little rope. Yeah. A a, sort of a, a mild edge, I think, is nice. And then I think you do need just to constantly remind people about the procedure of how we interrupt my day and how we ask for things and what I can do for you and what I don't do for you. Yeah, I think you can just have a standard response Mm -hmm. that you've worked. Like I, sometimes when I'm in things that I'm not, that make me uncomfortable or I'm trying to set up, I sort of work on it so I have it ready Mm -hmm. um, because it makes me anxious because I want to be polite, but I'm also trying to set a boundary. Mm -hmm. So maybe something like, oh, come around to the front of the desk and I'll help you. So you have it ready for okay. whenever it happens. Because I think what's happening is people coming around the side, they're going in and you're just letting them know. Because I bet a lot of these people think that they're being less annoying by doing it themselves. Oh, oh, I don't want to bother her. Yeah, I'll just reach. In, but that, what they don't realize is that it's more bothersome. Now, I don't know what the geography is here. There may not be a front of the desk. There has to be a, a version of the desk. Well, there's a desk and it could be up against a wall. And so you only approach from behind. And now there's a plastic mat that my rolly chair is on. And so the only way you get to me is like from behind me. I don't think so if you're a receptionist. Well. You're at the front. Uh, regardless. Regardless. Whatever it is, I would, I would, <laughs> depending on your location. Yes. However this is going down. Come around. How about, if you just want to step right here, I can get you what you need. Right. And I guess we need to have management send out an email, maybe periodically, reminding people what the rules of engagement are. Like, here is what this person does for you. This is how to get it. This is where these supplies are located, et cetera. Yes. And this may need to go out monthly. Maybe there should be a monthly email newsletter, just like office news. It's Lisa's birthday, so there'll be cupcakes on Friday. And as a reminder, here's how to get clipboards and pens. They're not in the drawer. And like, stay off the mat, people. I think with the clipboard, she's saying that people come in and oh. just put their stuff on her desk. Yeah, for that, you need pigeon spikes. <laughs> I think that's what you need. But I think maybe a monthly newsletter where it's news, office news, office policies, office reminders, and it's just like a friendly reminder, don't put clipboards on my desk. Also, if you're not ready to do a full monthly, management could send out one email as a reminder. You know, the reception area is a desk. Mm -hmm. Um, She's happy to help you with whatever. Yeah. Please treat it as... Yeah, I guess as needed. I guess you could send this. But I think you could try first with like a plant or setting up some kind of a bear trap. A bear, and then having a line that you say to people, oh, if you just uh, step to the side, I'm happy to help you with anything. What do you think about the little like foot shape things like in a dance studio or at the DMV where like it tells you where to stand? You could try those as well. Right. Oh, stand there. And then it's like little foot. Yes. Outlines. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, an idea. Yeah. Okay. Our next question is, quote, I was having a facial that was originally priced at $100, but it went to pay. They told me that they were doing a 30% promotion and the total was only $70. When I went to leave gratuity, I was unsure. Do you tip off the original amount or the discounted amount? Inquiring minds want to know. Leah, what do you do? Why are you looking at me, Leah? Because why is it always so hard with tipping? It's This is not hard. I guess you tip on the original amount. Yes, like definitively. 
Yes. And here's the logic behind it. That the service you have received is the full service. You got the whole facial. The facial was not discounted, just the price of it. You know what? I wasn't thinking the answer was hard for this question. I immediately went three questions away with this tip on the original. Yes. But then I often think about how when Lyft gives me 20% off my ride Mm -hmm. or $2 off. Mm -hmm. And then I think, am I tipping on what it originally was? And then I think tipping isn't the same on Lyft. And that's where my brain went. Okay. So the principle is the same, (laughs) that your drive was the same. You were not left 70% of the way. Oh, I they know, didn't but drop I think- you off early. So you made it to your destination. You received 100% of the service from the driver. So you should tip on the 100% of the service that you received. I also think I'm the only person tipping on Lyft. Tipping on Lyft is a separate etiquette question that we will tackle in a separate episode. So that's why I was hesitant because I had already gone to another set of anxiety and tipping. On this question, I would say definitely tip on the original. And the same principle applies in a restaurant. If you get a senior discount, you're using a Groupon, like you tip on the original amount because the server has given you 100% of the service. The coupon is coming from management. That's different. Not if it's if you got a discount. It's not if you're ordering from the senior menu. If there is a is there a senior menu? Yeah. Like here's a menu of different items with different prices. Yeah. Oh, I guess I've never been given one of these things. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, here's our normal menu. We just give you 10% off at the end. No. What is on the senior menu? There'll be like a thing where it'll be like a senior citizen special on the back page. Oh, like so equivalent to a kid's uh, menu. Yeah. Okay, I was unaware of this. I don't think I'm going to... So you're tipping on that price. You're tipping on the full amount then. You're tipping on the price that's on the menu. Yes. Yes. Because it is... uh, Okay. Oh, this is a weird loophole. Yeah, are you tipping on the full amount? I mean, I guess it is the full stated amount. Yeah. Yeah. Although it is already discounted. And for what? No, you're tipping on whatever the amount was. I guess if it's the published price. Yeah. Then okay. Although I'm my brain is having trouble wrapping around that. Because how is that different than it's a regular menu and I'm a senior and I'm getting a 10% discount? Because in that instance, I am going to tip on the full pre-discount amount. I think with the senior menu, they're assuming like you're retired. No, I know why we give senior discounts. Right, so... But the issue is... What if you don't have that extra money? Then you don't have that extra money. No, but if you don't have extra money, you're not allowed to not tip. Yeah, I know, but you can tip on what it costs on the menu. Right, but I guess the principle here is when you order a $10 salad, for easy math here, and I'm going to tip $2 on this salad. Okay, fine. If you are a restaurant, you're giving me a 10% discount. So now the salad is only $9. I'm still going to tip you $2. I don't think people do that. I think they have a separate menu. So I guess if the menu is totally separate and I guess the food value has been discounted and so it's not the same stuff, just a different price. That's just what you're ordering from. Okay. Um, Forgive me, audience, for helping me walk through this. Does anybody else have this problem? Is anybody else? Is it just me? It's also like people go from like, three to five and that's a special and you're tipping on this, that special for that time. Okay. So is a happy hour special different? Okay. I could get chicken wings during happy hour. I'm yeah. going to tip on what they cost me during the happy hour. That's true. You would do that. I'm not going to tip on what it would cost at seven o'clock. That's true. That's why I went. Yeah, that's true. So why is it different? I guess it just is. Etiquette doesn't always make sense. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I have to spend more time contemplating this. I was not prepared for this conversation. (laughs) So in general, yes, you should tip on the pre-discounted service if it's a on-the-spot discount. And it's a discount that was sort of unexpected and not part of the normal routine. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. That sounds great. Okay. So sorry, everybody. Our next question is... Oh, 
This is not a question. This is a vent. Which I think is going to lead to a lovely dialogue. (laughs) So, quote, when you're out to a private dinner and see someone you know, and after the initial obligatory hellos, they're sitting close enough that they won't stop interjecting and trying to make conversations throughout the duration of the entire meal. Check, please. I've had this happen. Oh, I think this happens a lot. This is terrible. Or people that just see you and then they stand there. Yeah. Yeah. And the worst, I've had this happen. The other person I'm dining with says, oh, do you want to join? No. Where, where am I in this? Uh, no, I did not sign off on that. No, do not pull up a chair. Uh-uh. Yeah. And then now it's done. Yeah, it's done. I feel this person. Absolutely yeah. great yeah. vent. And I wonder if this happens more in New York because our tables are closer. I don't know because I feel like we do have less space. And yeah. so if somebody seats near you, they can. But then outside of New York, if you're in a smaller, there's a much higher percentage of a chance that you're going to know people. True. So I think it happens other places for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think this is a good vent. Yeah. And I guess the thing to do after you say your hellos is, so nice seeing you. Yeah. Keep it moving. (laughs) Yeah. And if you are seated next to someone, because sometimes this happens, like you run into somebody and then actually they end up at the next table. You pretend they're not there. You are not listening to their conversation. You're not interjecting. You do not participate at all. Oh, so awkward. I mean, maybe at the end you can lean in and be like, oh, that dessert looks good. We should get that. I guess I'll give you that. You know, a little lean in. But other than that, mm-mm. This has never happened to me. This has never happened to you? Not that I've been seated next to somebody. I've been at a restaurant where somebody comes and they stand there. Yeah. And they'll be like, oh. And then they just continue to be, I, but I've never been seated near someone. I've had that happen. But yeah, I think the hellos need to be very brief. And if we're eating, no. Also, somebody could be at like a business lunch and they're trying to like get stuff done. Or it's an illicit affair. Yeah. You don't know where they're dining. I don't know what's happening. Mm-mm. So yeah, you just want to... Say hello, or even a wave. I mean, I'm happy with a wave as you're walking. Yeah. I do not need you to say hello. Totally fine with that. So, good vent. Very Great good vent. one. So, you out there, do you have any vents for us? Or repents? We'll take your repent. Although, if I'm the person coming in really quickly, <laughs> why I wouldn't wave, I wouldn't want to be rude. So, that person was like, did they see me? I mean, I think- Are they ignoring me? So, I'll do like a- An exaggerated, hi, I'm going to let you guys have your space. Just wanted to say hi. That's great. And then I'll just- yeah, I like it's sort of a dip at the table and you kind of reach your hand out like, hey, just wanted to say hi. Nice to see you. Yeah, let you have your space. And I don't even Boom. need the introduction to the other people at the table. No, 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 no. Don't need that. And just like, hi, nice seeing you. Like a nice like, eye contact wave, but not like, hi, I'm Nick. Oh, nice meeting you. And you are. No, do not want that. Definitely don't want handshakes. No. Mm-mm. I just don't want to be the person walking by and come off rude because I was trying to give you space. That's why I always say hello. Sure. A quick hello, but the operative word quick. Keep it moving. Okay. So keep it moving with your questions, people. Send them in. I also love that. We love the vents. We love a good vent, especially when they're uh, relatable. So even when they're not relatable. Actually, when they're not relatable, <laughs> they're even better. So whatever you got, send them our way. Send them to us through our website, rebracedbywolves.com. Or you can text us. You can slip into our DMs. If you know me personally, you can just uh, let me know at the mailboxes. This is happening now. So my home is no longer a safe space. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road. I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left-handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses. A loophole. Um, so <laughs> I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries. Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand. Obviously from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right, and center. And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv. This episode is brought to you by Acorn TV. Acorn TV. And Nick and I realized as we were watching all of the televisions, these are all shows where everybody drives on the other side of the road. I mean, except for like the Canadian things like Murdoch Mysteries. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, left-handed driving. But Murdoch Mysteries, there's still horses. A loophole. Um, so <laughs> I love a loophole. So speaking of driving left, from New Zealand comes the Brokenwood Mysteries. Let me set the scene. Everybody knows I'm obsessed with New Zealand. Obviously from my love of Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows is a true story that happened in New Zealand. And so this takes place in a fictional town in New Zealand, small town, less than 5,000 people, which is exactly the size of the town I grew up in. And it's like a big city detective comes to the small town and has to work with the small town police force. What a recipe for a fantastic crime drama. And we have the small towns, people are dying left, right, and center. And use code ACORN30 at acorn.tv.